بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد وصلی اللہ رسول الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ ٹائٹ از دا ٹوینٹی فورتھ آف نومبر ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی تھری الحمد للہ ویگننگ دا فورتھ ویک of the eminent companion, Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiyallahu And I've started the subsection in which I'm mentioning his grief over those who doubted his trustworthiness. And the last thing I mentioned was the statement of our beloved mother, Sayyida Aisha, in which he said in Sayyih Muslim, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did not speak as quickly as he does. So note Our mother had complete trust in Abu Huraira, but it was his pace in relating. As promised, our beloved mother, Sayyida Aisha radiyallahu, had then went on to mildly rebuke Abu Huraira when they next met. So, what did he mention in the hadith in Sayyid Muslim? She said, when I see him, if I were to meet him again, I would warn him. So, what happened? In Al-Isabah 4-208 with a Sahih chain of transmission, Ibn Sa'ad in his tabaqat, Sayyidina Sa'id ibn Amr ibn Al-As radiyallahu, he said, Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiyallahu once went to visit Sayyida Aisha radiyallahu and she said, Indeed you relate matters which I did not hear. He responded, Yes, O Mother. I sought it whilst you were busy with the kuhulja and mirror, whilst nothing of that used to preoccupy me with. She thereupon responded, Perhaps that is why your narrations are numerous. So in this Sayyid Hadith in Al-Isab, Aisha actually said to Abu Huraira, You narrate things which I have not heard. Meaning, I am from the prophetic household. So how can it be that somebody who is not part of the prophetic household narrates which his household doesn't hear? So Abu Huraira, look what he said, which would be very interesting. He goes, I sought it whilst you were busy with the kohul jaw and mirror. I meaning with your makeup. Nothing of that preoccupied me. She responded, Perhaps this is why your narrations are numerous, meaning I accept that. So note, there was nothing personal. They just wanted clarification. And when the clarification was given, they were happy. It is also true that sometimes our beloved mother, could censure Sayyidina Abu Huraira, when in reality, there was nothing for which he should have been censured for. So this is also true. So for instance, in Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, Al-Haytami in Majma Az-Zawait, volume 10, page 190, stated Sahih, Al-Qama, Rahmatullah, he said, We were once with Sayyida Aisha, radiyallah, and Sayyidina Abu Huraira entered, radiyallah. Thus, Aisha, radiyallah, has said, Are you the one who narrates the hadith that a woman tormented a cat 
confining her and then not feeding her nor giving her water and she narrated the report abu huraira replied i heard this from rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam upon which she responded do you know who the woman is who the woman was at the time she did that she was an unbeliever indeed the believer is more noble with allah the almighty and sublime that he would punish him for a cut those when you relate a hadith from rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam then tread with care so let's look at this so this is a sahih hadith in imam ahmad muslim so what's the report and the report is basically i'll mention it but in brief a woman did not allow the cat to even leave the dwelling i so he could eat so she didn't look after the cat and it died and then she was punished so aisha radiyallahu anha said to abu huraira do you know this hadith so he said i heard it from the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam so aisha she wasn't happy she said that woman who was punished she wasn't a believer she was an unbeliever and then he said the believer is more noble than allah the almighty would punish them for a cut meaning are you indic are you kind of hinting or giving a sign that it was a believing woman who was punished then she said when you relate hadith be careful so now was this something that sayyidina abu huraira should have been censured for and the response is no may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy upon our beloved mother radiyallahu for the wording is preserved why because abu huraira radiyallahu was not alone in relating this hadith so for instance another chain in sahih bukhari sahih muslim imam ahmad in his muslim Abdullah ibn Umar radiyallahu anhu he relates that Abu Lubid Messenger said sallallahu alayhi wasallam a woman is punished for a cat she confined her so that the cat died starving then she entered the fire on account of the cat Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said you did not feed her nor give her water when you had her tied up nor did you let her go forth that she might eat of the vermin of the earth Mm-hmm. So was Abu Hurairah the only one who narrated this hadith? No. Abdullah ibn Umar heard it from the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Was he the only one? No. Sayyidina Jabir ibn Abdullah radiyallahu anhu also related similar in Imam Ahmad's Musnad. Mm-hmm. So how many companions narrated that hadith? Abu Hurairah, Abdullah ibn Umar, Jabir So when Aisha radiyallahu anha was questioning whether he had preserved the hadith he had absolutely preserved it but Aisha was being radiyallahu anha was showing extra precaution so this was not something he should have been censured for have you understood so what do devilish elements do they'll quote the hadith of Aisha because Aisha did not trust Abu Hurairah and they'll quote that one hadith because look he's narrating she's questioning it So if she does not consider him trustworthy why should I consider him trustworthy and the response to that is you've not done justice to the report 
other companions related it and Hazrat Aisha was showing extra precaution. The simple lesson we can take from these and similar reports is just how God-fearing the noble companions were in relating a hadith. This is the simple lesson. Indeed, it goes without saying that our beloved mother Sayyida Aisha had a full trust in Abu Hurairah. So to give you a proof, in Sayyid Bukhari and Sayyid Muslim, Sayyidina Abu Hurairah relates that our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Whoever loves meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves meeting him. And whoever hates meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hates meeting him. So this is the hadith. So where is it recorded? Recorded in Bukhari and Muslim. Who narrates it? Rasulullah from Abu Huraira. This hadith puzzled Shuleyh ibn Hani, rahmatullahi. He didn't understand it. So he was thinking, maybe this hadith is not preserved, maybe this and that. So what did he do? He went to Aisha, radiyallahu In Sayyid Muslim, number 2685, Shuleyh ibn Hani, he said, O mother of the believers, radiyallahu Abu Huraira radiyallahu who relates a hadith from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. If it is true, we are all lost. She responded, a loser is only he who has been declared so by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But what is he relating? So stop in the report. So straight away you realize this tabi'een, he misunderstood the hadith. So what does the hadith say? Whoever hates meeting Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala hates meeting him. So he's thinking, if I fear death, that means I must hate meeting Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Therefore, Allah Ta'ala hates me. So he's going on those lines. So he goes to our mother, he goes, he's relating a hadith. If it's true, we're all doomed. So Aisha said, a loser is the one declared by Rasulullah. But what is he relating? Shuraih then related the hadith. And then he added, no one amongst us but hates death. Meaning we're all doomed. Aisha radiallahu clarified. Rasulullah indeed said these words. Sallallahu alayhi wa But he did not mean what you think. Rather when the gaze becomes fixed and the chest rattles and the skin tightens and the fingers tremble at that point, whoever loves meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves meeting him. And whoever hates meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hates meeting him. So subhanAllah, she gave the clarification. So what does the hadith mean? Whoever loves to meet Allah ta'ala, Allah ta'ala loves to meet him. Whoever hates meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala hates to meet him. It's talking about the point where the soul is leaving the body. It's not talking prior to that. Like now when we're healthy and, you know. So why? Because naturally people fear death. Have I done enough? You know, maybe Allah Ta'ala is not, is not talking about that. It's talking about the point of death. Now look how eloquent our mother was. She could have just said this. It means when you're dying. When you see that Allah Ta'ala is happy with you, then you love to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
Look how she described it. When the gaze becomes fixed and the chest rattles and the skin tightens and the fingers tremble. And in the original, it's amazing, her eloquence. This is why the companion said, we've never heard anybody more eloquent than our mother. Then she said, at that point, meaning when your soul is departing, you love to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you hate to meet him, then why? Means you, you know that you're doomed. Because this is the meaning. So Shuleh made a serious mistake. He didn't understand the hadith. And also to prove this further, in Bazaar, Shaykh al-Bani rahmatullah stated Sahih in As-Sahiha number 2628. Again, Sayyidina Abu Huraira, he relates that Abu Messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Indeed, when death descends upon a believer and he witnesses things, he then wishes his soul depart quickly and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves to meet him. Similarly, when death descends upon an enemy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he witnesses things, he then wishes that his soul would never depart and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hates to meet him. So the clarification is from another hadith. <laughs> the same companion, Abu Huraira, related from the Prophet And look how interesting the wording. When death descends upon a believer or an unbeliever, the Prophet said, they both witness things. That's the wording. So the question is, what do you witness when you're dying? Even if you didn't know, we believe it. Because the Prophet said it. Sallallahu alayhi wa so the believer, he witnesses the divine pleasure. He sees the angels come with honor. He sees, you know, the maybe even paradise itself. So what did the Prophet say? He then wishes his soul depart quickly. Allah Ta'ala loves to meet him. There's a clarification. But if he's an enemy of Allah, so he witnesses the divine displeasure. Then what happens? He wishes his soul doesn't depart and Allah Ta'ala hates to meet So note the clarification. And confirming this further, in Sayyid Bukhari, number 6507, Sayyid Muslim, number 2684, our beloved Messenger said to Sayyidah Aisha, when death comes to a believer, he is then given the glad tidings of receiving mercy acceptance and merit from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nothing is then dearer to him than what lies ahead of him. Thus he loves meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves meeting him. However, when death comes to an unbeliever, he is then given the tidings of the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his torture and punishment. Nothing is then more hateful to him than what lies ahead of him. Those he hates to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hates to meet him. So it's almost identical but there's a slight difference. First is in Bukhari and Muslim even though the previous report is Sayyid indicating it's the moment of death. And what did the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa say for the believer he is given the glad tidings meaning you're hearing things as well. You're, you have passed. You will receive mercy. You're going to get the, the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then nothing is more beloved to him than to die. And Allah ta'ala loves to meet him. And the opposite is true. The unbeliever is given, he sees the wrath, the torture. He doesn't want to die. 
Allah Ta'ala hates to meet him. So putting all this into a nutshell, let's go back to the report. So what did Abu Huraira relate? He goes, I heard Rasulullah say, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, whoever loves meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves meeting him. And whoever hates meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hates meeting him. That's it. Mm-hmm. Is that hadith by itself enough for you to understand what's being said? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Even though it's a complete hadith in Bukhari and Muslim. Shureh ibn Hani was a tabi'in. And look what he was thinking. You know, this, this, isn't this a huge lesson for this? If this hadith is true, we, we are doomed. So where had he failed? He'd failed in fiqh. He'd failed. He didn't understand what the Prophet was saying. So people sometimes, they just focus so much upon authenticity. Is the hadith authentic? Is it authentic? Is it authentic? When you say it's authentic, switch off. So here's the authentic hadith. Because it's in Bukhari and Muslim. So the guys goes, okay, what did the Prophet say? You quote the hadith, guaranteed most Muslims won't understand this report. But he, what does that mean? Well, you just said it's authentic, so what are you, what are you questioning now? <laughs> right? If you're all about authenticity, you don't understand what the Prophet is telling you. And look how touching. Shuray went to Aisha. Now, why have I mentioned this report? If Aisha had a problem with Abu Huraira, she would have confirmed to Shureh, you're right, don't go to him. He's not trustworthy. But what did she say? She said, a loser is the one who's declared by Rasulullah. What is he relating? When he related the hadith, Shureh added, now this explains what he thought it meant. None amongst us hates death. Because which one of us? So we all hate to meet Allah, we're all doomed. She said, that is not the understanding. And then she related the hadith meaning is at the time of death when you witness. And also what's fascinating, when a person is on the verge of death, one report says he's in between the barzakh and the living. So what does that mean in simple language? What that means is he can now pass on to you, if it's the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, something from the barzakh. Because he's, he's seeing the barzakh. But at the same time, he's still with you. So Umar radiallahu he said, when you have the ability, rush to a person who's dying. Because he sees things. Now think about that. How powerful would it be an impact on anyone who's with a dying person? And he starts mentioning the rib. Imagine. So for instance, somebody's dying. And he says, I can see people wearing green, green clothing. What impact would that have on you? You, know, you look around, who's he talking about? Who's he seeing? He's in the barzakh, he's seeing probably the angels. Mm-hmm. So, and, he, and they'll talk like this. In fact, when Umar bin Abdul Aziz, Amir al-Mu'mineen, was passing away, they, they actually heard voices in the room he was in. When they entered, he passed away. Because where were the, what were those voices? And they smelled a very pleasant scent. And then afterwards, the learned said, these were the angels who carry the instruments of paradise, i.e. the scents, scent of paradise. So what is that worth to hear what's happening in the, in the next world? So note, this is all 
can be deduced from this hadith where the Prophet said, he witnesses things. He clearly said that. So if a person says, no, no, that's not true. A person dies, only then he witnesses. You said, no, absolutely not. Rasulullah says, when death descends upon a believer, meaning he's not dead, it's descending upon him, and he witnesses things. And then he says, he then wishes his soul departs, meaning he's not dead. The soul hasn't departed. And that's why, you know, sadly, because due to ignorance, people ignore the statements of the dying. He's always he's delirious. Because he's got, you know, toxins in his blood. And because he's, you know, and they say things and people just brush it off. They go, oh, I can see my uncle. Oh, no, no, antibiotics have kicked in. Right? What's he saying? He goes, so-and-so came to visit. And you think, subhanAllah, maybe it's true. And then next minute they're talking to you. And you know, it's like then going to the other world again for a bit. They go, and they're looking somewhere else. They go, and then where are they looking? What's happening? Right? And all of that is a gift for those who are there. And that's why you should try to be at the bedside of those who are dying. You know, subhanAllah. So note, Aisha, yes, would tell Abu Huraira respectfully, be careful when you relate. Meaning maybe the wording is not preserved or so on and so forth. But that doesn't mean she did not trust him. He was just teaching us that you need to be very careful when you relate the hadith of the Prophet And I've given you an example of that. Somebody questioned Abu Huraira, went to Aisha, he goes, of course he's related correctly. But you misunderstood this report of the Prophet So all I mentioned today was, again, discussing the subject, whether the companions had a problem with Sayyidina Abu Huraira's relating, and the response is no. But you could misconstrue it by looking at certain reports. But the response is, if you go through those reports carefully, they are not at all denying that he is an authentic narrator, but they just wanted to make sure that he was relating correctly. And just to add about the cat, one report says that the cat was actually seen striking the woman in the hell. So the actual cat that was, you know, died from starvation was lacerating the woman. So it's as if Allah was, you know, giving back vengeance and how many pets will, you know, take vengeance on their owners. And Lord, you don't have to feed the cat. The hadith clearly says you didn't even let it go out. So think about that. You know, people said, do I need to feed the cat? No, you don't. But you must let it go out because it can eat the vermin. And what's interesting, cats become soft, meaning if you give them the food that's processed, they can't eat mice anymore. They'll eat and they'll start vomiting. And that's interesting. Why? Because they're putting things into this food. Maybe the food outside is better for them. Are there any questions you'd like to ask? سبحان الله بحمدي سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك اشهد ان لا اله الا انت استغفرك واتوب اليك وبك الله من الشيطان الرجيم سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والاصل انسان لفي خصم الذين امنوا وعملوا الصالحات واصبح الحق واصبح الصبر صدق الله